The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk everything NXT and the big move to USA come September live. On the USA Cable Network for the WWE, huge move countering AEW being live on TNT at the same time. Is this a competition? Is this war? Or is this more just about the fans? Bully and I dive in. Plus, we get into SmackDown from last night, and the King of the Ring tournament is in full swing. Who won, who lost, and who does Bully think should be the winner and crown the King of the Ring? We do all that. Right now, on the Busted Open Podcast. Bully, let's talk about the night. You know, here's Wednesday. NXT was already on Wednesdays, but that's the WWE Network. Completely different world live on USA. And not only are they going head-to-head, but they're going to get a head start. NXT is going to start on the USA Cable Network a couple of weeks before we see AEW have their premiere episode. But when you look at the schedule for TNT, I don't think there was any other choice but to be on Wednesdays. I mean, I'm sure being on Tuesdays or even being on a Thursday would be better for them. But being that NBA is still the big sport on TNT, I think Wednesdays was the only way that AEW could go. Um, I don't know that for a fact. I don't have the information to give you a you know, uh, mm-hmm. a really strong opinion on that. Um, let me ask you this, Dave. Why didn't AEW wait to debut on Tuesday nights once SmackDown went to Fridays? Uh, just looking at TNT schedule, it looks like they have uh, NBA on... T- uh, NBA is very big on TNT Tuesdays and Thursday nights. Okay. So, so, so really, they had to choose Wednesdays. Yeah, well, they didn't have because I'm just I'm I'm saying that because a lot of people on social media are saying that was a huge mistake going and picking Wednesdays, especially since NXT was already on Wednesdays. I don't think they had a choice but to be on Wednesdays. Well, then if people are saying that Wednesdays was a horrible choice, that's strictly out of ignorance because I'm sure between Tony Khan. Cody, the brains over at TNT, they probably looked at every night and looked at what their competition would be, looked at availability, and they probably said that Wednesday is the only available night or it's the lesser of the evils, thus they made the choice. Whether or not NXT was on Wednesday nights, let's just 
uh, assume for a second that there was no programming from the WWE on Wednesday nights. Let's say that NXT aired on Thursday nights, Dave. Okay. Right? Yeah. And and AEW decided, all right, we're going to Wednesdays because there ain't a damn thing to be found on Wednesdays. There's no Raw. There's no SmackDown. There's no NXT. There's really nothing else to find. We'll take Wednesdays. The minute AEW did that, I bet you dollar to donuts and Tommy Dreamer can eat a lot of donuts that Vince would have moved NXT to Wednesday nights or put Wednesday night programming right in place. No reason not to. First it of- would be it would be foolish yes. not to. And here's the thing, like people are probably going to say, well, USA, what about their scheduling conflict? There really isn't any scheduling conflict when Vince it comes to owns USA. USA. Yeah. And, and and pretty much every night when there's not wrestling on USA, it's pretty much just reruns of other network shows. So they kind of have the pick of the litter. And like you said, the WWE has been the home on USA for so long, I- I'm sure Vince McMahon would have no problem moving whatever was going to be on Wednesday nights. No matter what move AEW makes, Vince knows that he cannot let them run unopposed. Vince cannot allow, whether he's doing a million viewers or 10 million viewers, you never want to allow your audience to go sample the other product. Now, there, of course, there's going to be a section of fans that you're not going to have control of. There are going to be many WWE fans who go and check out AEW. The idea is to keep as many eyes on your product. So no matter what chess move AEW made, Vince was going to counter it. Now, I heard a rumor yesterday, I don't know if this is true or not, that AEW was going to do some kind of special on TNT the night before All Out. Is that true? Uh, I don't know that that's 100% confirmed. I've I've read some of those rumors too. I can't say that that's 100% certainty. Okay, so knowing what we know of how Vince operates, you've heard stories from me, you've heard stories from Mark, you heard stories from Jericho, you see what they just did with moving NXT. If AEW were to have a a live show on TNT before All Out, do you think Vince McMahon will put counter-programming against it? Probably, yes. Just knowing from everything that we've seen, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't you? This has nothing to do with a personal vendetta. This has to do with business. You cannot just allow a wrestling universe, whether it's your wrestling universe or every other person in the wrestling universe, to just watch a brand new product unopposed. It's ignorant. It's foolish. It's dumb business. Everything that the WWE is doing right now to counter AEW is not personal at all. Yeah, Triple H calling them piss ants is personal. Yeah, Cody destroying the throne is personal. But that's personal between those guys. Yeah, That's personal between Cody and Hunter. The business end of this is not personal. And trust me when I tell you this, Dave, I know this from firsthand knowledge, Vince doesn't look at things personally. Because if Vince looked at things personally, Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman would not be his two right-hand men right now. Well, it kind of reminds you of The Godfather. You know, The Godfather's shot, 
near death, and they're worried about not making personal decisions but making business decisions. What's best for business? This com- makes complete sense. Why make it personal? At the end of the day, what's best for business? Yeah, exactly. And and right now, all of these best for business moves are benefiting wrestling fans. I mean, if I'm a wrestling fan right now, let's just take Wednesday nights. Let's yep. forget about let's forget about Mondays, Tuesdays, and the possibilities of Friday. You know, when Friday comes along, I get to choose what I want to watch live while I'm DVRing the other show, and then when that one show ends. I can watch the other show. I could watch it right after at 10 o'clock or I could watch it the next day. I get to watch AEW and I get to watch NXT. How is that a lose for anybody? I, you would think, but you know what? Just judging from social media, and this could be the the vocal minority here, it seems like people want to take a stance and a side. And I think it's because there's these products are so different. Bully, WWE, make no bones about it. They want to be called sports entertainment. They give you close to what is a variety show as opposed to a hardcore pro wrestling show. AEW is screaming, we are a pro wrestling show. Now, I know the NXT brand is as close to a pro wrestling show that you can get from the WWE, but I think there's a lot of disgruntled WWE fans that, you know, have really had not many choices over the last 10 to 12 years that now have that choice and are going to go and say, this is my stand against the WWE. I'm putting 100% support to AEW. And then there's the WWE faithful that are like, I don't care. I've seen this. I've, I've heard this song before. You know, whether it was TNA or another company, you know what? It's not the WWE. WWE is the major leagues when it comes to pro wrestling, and I'm a loyal WWE guy. Again, that could be the vocal minority, but they are vocal. I think your loyal WWE fan watches Raw and SmackDown. I think the NXT fan Mm. is a different sect of wrestling fan. Whenever NXT does take over, okay, which crowd is livelier an nxt takeover crowd or a main roster pay-per-view crowd the following night takeover without a doubt it's not even close not even close nope okay so that nxt crowd do you think those nxt fans would be aew fans yes exactly so if you're an nxt fan or an aew fan because the products are so similar, especially in in-ring style, both of them present pro wrestling. NXT is not sports entertainment. NXT is pro wrestling, or it's the closest thing to pro yep. wrestling that the WWE gives you. So you got a pro wrestling show up against a pro wrestling show with young hungry competitive wrestlers against young hungry competitive wrestlers with a couple of stars jericho and moxley it's a wash if you're a fan oh my god i get to watch both of these products and then yeah when thursday comes along then you could say i like this one better than this one but to sit back beforehand and choose one Dude, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
or on demand with the SiriusXM app. Remember Ron Garvin, pro wrestler, famous not, in world class. It's not class. Ron Garvin. It's Hands of Stone Ronnie Garvin. That's right. And you remember Ronnie Garvin. And you remember Jimmy Garvin. Hall of Famer with the Freebirds now and Jimmy Garvin uh, of world-class fame with Sunshine and Precious, right? Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. There you go. Now, if you remember, do you remember his valets, Sunshine and Precious? Sunshine, not yes, Sunshine. Sorry. You said it twice. Sun, sunshine. 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 Say it five times fast. Sunshine, 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 sunshine. Was that five? Say ghost ten times fast. Ghost ten times fast? Say ghost ten times fast. Ghost, 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 ghost. What do you put in the toaster? Bread. Sick. And I know I know Mets looked over at you and gave you that answer. <laughs> Believe me. I was helping him with sunshine. Yeah, he was like he was like, say sun and then say shine. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for that. You're welcome. But anyway, I bring up Jimmy Garvin for a reason. Because his first valet was Sunshine, and they were amazing together. And then he had Precious, and they had absolutely no chemistry at all. I remember everybody talking about, please, please bring Sunshine back because he has no chemistry with Precious at all. The funny thing about that is Precious was his real-life wife. But yet, on TV, on camera, they had zero chemistry. Okay. Now we look at Seth Rollins and Becky. In a relationship, in life, things seem to be going well but they had no chemistry at all on TV to the point it sidetracked Seth Rollins, correct? I believe so. But and, 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 and listening to the response of the fans, I believe so. Now, you mentioned before we went to break, you mentioned that video game commercial and them having Becky stare Roman in the eyes, them kind of tip the glass together. Just from those few seconds, pretty damn good, right? Tons of chemistry. Just the way they locked eyes and Roman looked at her and said, nice work, man. I almost felt like I was in the middle of a James Bond movie when Bond comes face to face with the beautiful woman for the first time. And you see that chemistry. Or any other time you see the chemistry between a man and a woman on screen or in real life. Yep. It's it it's a moment in time. It's like, okay, Gabby, I know you're there, right? You there? You're around? Where are you? Where are you, girl? I'm here. <laughs> like, you know when you look at a guy within a second if there's chemistry or not, right? Yep. Okay. Like, when you look at Dave LaGreca, is there chemistry? <laughs> Uh, will you stop it? What's the correct answer? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> anyway. But in- I will say this. Gabby and I work 
perfectly together. Like I was talking about this yesterday. She knows now working with me what sound I need, the perfect music to come back from, or what topics I'm going to bring back. So on show, we have perfect chemistry. Outside of the studio, there is no chemistry. It kind of goes with the conversation that you're saying now. Becky and Seth, I'm sure they have chemistry outside the ring, off of TV. But on it, they didn't. But man, when the cameras are on Roman and Becky, they sure have chemistry together. Dave, based on the lack of on-screen chemistry with Seth and Becky, and based on the on-screen chemistry with Roman and Becky, if I had a pencil in my hand, oh my God. Because that story writes itself. See where I'm going? Yep, I I know. I, I hear you. I mean, think about it. I think you're absolutely right. I would love to see that because that is relatable. Everybody knows what it's like to be in a relationship. Some people know what it's like to have their significant other maybe look at somebody else or, you know, how many times in life do we find out that somebody might be cheating on the other with a best friend or somebody that's really close to them? Who's closer to Seth Rollins than Roman Reigns? I could see that. That's got soap opera 101 written all over it. It's great storytelling. And oh my God, culminating in the ring? Woohoo. I, I, I think they should definitely do that. And again, like, this is where we talk about it in terms of what we see. What we saw with Seth and Becky, it just did not work at all. Kind of like Precious and Jimmy Garvin back in the day. You know, Precious and Jimmy Garvin got married in 1972. They're still together today. So obviously a lot of chemistry between those two to have a successful marriage, you know, for 47 years. But it didn't translate on television. It's the same thing with Seth. And you're right, just judging from that commercial, man, why not go with it? I, I would do that, Bully. I wouldn't have any problems doing that at all. I love that kind of real-life storytelling. And then you can bring out in the story that while, you know, Seth wasn't there filming the commercial, and when the commercial was being filmed, there's some side footage of them, you know, just talking and being chatty with one another. So much can be done. Hey, man, why were you talking to my girl at the video game, you know, uh, uh, commercial? What a story you could tell there. Hey, hey, looking at social media real quick, uh, David Bell and me, Chimes in and goes, here we go again. Dave and Bully crapping all over Rollins. Just admit it. He can't do anything right for you guys. Every little thing is a huge issue. What do you think of that? I, I think that's a bunch of BS. I mean, yeah, I have. Tell, I, tell him why. I, I have been very. First of all, I've been very complimentary of Seth Rollins ever since that match at SummerSlam. Correct? Yes. Uh, when it comes to him winning the tag titles with Braun Strowman, does that have anything to do with Seth, or is that more about how they treat the tag teams in the WWE? You talked. About, you were talking about how they treat the tag teams in the WWE. I'm the one who said that I didn't like the way Seth was portrayed uh, in the ring with Braun and backstage with Braun. Yes. And again, when talking about the relationship with Becky, I brought up a Hall of Famer in Jimmy Garvin and how his real-life wife 
that he's been with for 47 years, it didn't translate on TV. We're just bringing up examples in regards to that commercial we saw where Roman and Becky certainly have chemistry. How is that ripping Seth Rollins? Seth Rollins is your universal champion, and you know what? I love what Seth was doing up until that win at Monday, and that's not blaming or putting any blame at all on Seth Rollins. That's just talking about the show and what we like and what we didn't like about Monday Night Raw. Correct. So here we go again, David Bellamy. Please remove your head from your ass. It's affecting your ability to listen. Thank you. Or why don't you do like Frank in Indiana did and give us a call. Frank, what did you want to say about Seth Rollins? Hey, guys. uh, This is is a continuation of last week's talk. The the whole thing with that is... uh, I feel like, and I agree 100%. I don't like when they just throw guys together. But like we were, like you were saying, I believe that even from last week, like when they first, when he first got in the ring with him, like I'm like, this is they're getting back to what Braun Strowman is. Braun Strowman is a wild card. He does what he wants when he wants to. So by him having that title, that tag title, that's not going to do anything, and that's going to make him want the world championship even more. And that's when you talk about Seth, Seth went to him. First thing he said was, I think you're looking at my title. So I kind of felt like Seth was trying to say, okay, let's go out here and win this, and he maybe can hold him off. Maybe he can, because that's, that's one of the things about Seth I think we forget is that he thinks a lot, and he thinks about, like with the whole Brock Lesnar situation, he thought about what was going to happen. He thought that maybe, because I've won the money at Bank before, i got to be prepared for this guy. And as soon as he didn't think about it, that's when Brock Lesnar struck. So I kind of feel like we, I just, it's just for me every week waiting to see when Braun does what he does. And, and the other thing with that is, is that the OC is going to stay in the picture. So that gives them something to do. Uh, we saw Ricochet went off to take the king of the ring. So this going to keep the OC in the picture, and it's going to keep Seth Rollins in trouble, guys. He got trouble coming from all angles. And, Frank, a good call, and you're right, and he's got to watch his back. That's why I don't like the tag titles around Braun and Seth. Seth Rollins said in that story leading up to that match at SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar that the only thing he cared about was that Universal Championship. That's all he cared about. It meant everything to him to the point where broken ribs wasn't going to stop him in that match. He was going to go out there and he was going to win that Universal Championship, and he did. And now all of a sudden he's now focused on those tag titles. He said it in that backstage vignette with Braun. Hey, Braun, I see you looking at that title, and you know what? You're a contender, and I'm going to give you a championship opportunity at some point. But let's focus on that tag match tonight. Why? You're the universal champion. That championship means everything to you. What do you care about the Raw Tag Team Championships for? Let me ask you this. In history, when have we seen the world champion be so concerned with the tag team championships? Never. Now, I, I, I know we've seen, like, Austin and Foley. We've seen plenty of times a world champion and somebody else win the tag championships because they were put in situations or the match was made. But when have you ever seen a world champion be so concerned that he had to chase somebody down and say, hey, man, let's go after the tag titles, and after we win them, I'll give you a shot with, 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 you know, at my universal championship. 
it, it really seemed like he was chasing the hug, didn't it? Yeah, because he's it's it's like he's saying, "Hey, I saw you eye in my championship, but let's be tag team champions together." It's almost like you're deflecting it. It's like, hey, this guy wants the title. He was staring at my title. He wants an opportunity, but I'm going to deflect that for a while by, you know, throwing this tag match in front of him to kind of be like an obstacle on that route to face him for the Universal Championship. That's the way that I saw it on Monday night. I I don't have a problem with Brock and Seth forming a team, but I would much prefer to see Brock walk into the champion's dressing room and go, hey, man. Normally, I don't need anybody, but I appreciate you coming down. I didn't forget about your Universal Championship. And if you want to go take care of these OC guys, I got your back. And that's where Seth chimes in and goes, that's a hell of an idea, Brock. What do you say me and you go take those guys out? Now it's 50-50, Dave. Now it's Braun. Did I say Brock? You said Brock, but I know you meant Braun. My bet. Now it's Braun going to talk to Seth. And now it's Seth having the light bulb go off because of what Braun said. It looks like the both of them come together in a moment and then decide together, let's go take care of these scumbags, as opposed to Seth running down Braun and basically dangling the carrot, which is the Universal Championship in front of him, and then saying, come on, buddy, let's go beat up the OC and be best friends forever. I just wasn't. I just wasn't feeling it, and that's the story that I was getting in that from that situation. I felt the same way. Now, can that change next week? Possibly, but I felt the same way you did on Monday. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. Sirius XM, no car required. I mean, there's a lot going on here with this King of the Ring tournament. My brackets, by the way, bully, intact. I wonder if the nation is the same with their brackets. Well, why don't we check with the nation? What did you think of Cesaro and Joe? I loved it. Hard hitting. Really hard hitting and realistic, too. I thought Joe might have been out on his feet for a second there. That, That A couple of those uppercuts, you mean? Uh, that one kick to the, that one mafia kick to the face, that was there. And, uh, listen, Joe is such a warrior that he can, he can plow through even though he's knocked out. But I, I watch like that, that suplex was a little off, which, and the kick happened before the suplex. I'm wondering if Joe was a little out on his feet. And when you saw him walking up the ramp, he was laser-focused on getting the hell out of there. I wonder if he got his bell rung in that one. Maybe. And it, still still a really good match and a hell of a win for Joe. And it felt realistic. A lot of times when you're watching some matches, you see the, like, everything. All right, I move here. It's like a chess game. I move here, then you move this. I move this way, you move that way. That felt like a fight, Bully. You know, it felt like, hey, this is a tournament. This tournament means something. I have to win this match, and I'm in for a fight. I I really love what Cesaro and Joe did. 
in the the wrestling that I prefer is a pro wrestling match that looks like a fight. I do not prefer wrestling matches that look like choreographed high spots, although I can appreciate that form of the art. I agree. Do you have a uh, favorite for this King of the Ring tournament? Um, not really. I mean, if if it was me, and this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, it would be Corbin because it's great heel heat. And I could see Corbin walking around with that cape and that, you know, and, and sitting on that throne and making people carry him out on that throne. And, you know, it, it, it's a it's a it's perfect for a guy like Corbin, who they have a lot of faith in, who hasn't been doing anything in the past month or so ever since the extreme rules. Corbin hasn't done much. It's perfect for a guy like Corbin to win. Yeah. Or you, you look at a Buddy Murphy. You know, could this be Buddy Murphy's tournament with everything that's going on? Could he be a possible winner of the King of the Ring tournament? A babyface winning the King of the Ring only gets you that moment in time. So the babyface gets his hand raised and he proclaims, I'm the King of the Ring. Everybody cheers. Everybody's happy. Yay, I won. The babyface doesn't go around week after week reminding everybody, I'm king of the ring. I'm king of the ring. I'm king of the ring. Because that's not what a babyface does. A babyface doesn't gloat. A babyface is humble. So I don't think I could see any babyfaces winning this. I'd like to see a heel that could gloat about it. So if you told me you were going to go in a heel direction with Buddy Murphy and you're going to put your foot on the gas pedal and do something with this guy, then I'd say yes. If not, it's custom fit for Baron. Because Baron could walk around like he is the king of the ring, the cock of the walk, the biggest deal. He could raise his scepter in the air and say that my scepter and me being king of the ring is more important to this company than the Universal Championship. Yeah, I could see that happening. Also, a great match that we saw last night on SmackDown was Apollo Crews and Andrade. Andrade's always doing a phenomenal job in the ring. Uh, yeah, this, listen, Andra, I think that they have plans for Andrade down the road? Am I talking plans like Roman-esque or Seth-esque? Probably not, but I think they got plans that are bigger for him um, than what they have now. And honestly, I'd like to see Andrade in that tag match with uh, Ray and Dominic, Ray's son. I like the idea of Ray's, uh, that, that story. How did that whole retirement speech come off to you backstage? I, I liked it. I liked the fact that, you know, he it sounded like he was about to say goodbye and his son jumping in and saying about, you know, what your career meant to me and I want you as my mentor. I want you to show me the way. I, that You could really build on something big just based off of that backstage back and forth. Why didn't they do it live in the ring? Were they afraid of the crowd reaction? Um, I, it was a very long promo for Ray. I think they could have been concerned about Dominic. I think they played it really safe in the back. Um, and doing it there. If I was to bet a dollar, it wasn't live live, although I could be wrong. When you have an emotional moment like that, I always like it to happen in the ring. The closer you can get to fans, the better. 
Like I almost would have loved to have seen Ray get close to the fans and go out there and shake every fan's hand at ringside and just look at every fan and say, thank you. And, and, you know, even the announcers can be like, why is Ray thanking all these fans? Why is he shaking their hands? What's up? What's going on with Ray Mysterio? And then you have the emotional speech in the middle of the ring. And then you'll feel people going, oh, no, Ray, don't, you know, please don't, please don't. Then here comes the son. And now Dominic says, dad, please, you got to wrestle with your dad. I need to wrestle with my dad. The WWE Universe needs one last match from Rey Mysterio, and I need one last match from my father. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. It's coming. I'm just just popping off the top of my head. Here's the problem, and listen, I'm glad that they did it in the back, and I understand what you're saying about that you're going to get more emotion live in the ring. But look what happened with Natalia. Now, I'm not saying you're going to get the same reaction with Rey Mysterio, but you don't know. If if he gets stuck on a couple of words or his son, son gets stuck on a couple of words, those what chants might come and ruin the entire segment. Uh, I don't think you're going to get what chance with Ray retiring, but I understand what you're saying. When you have a situation like that, if you think that there's even 1% of a chance of getting those what chants, then yeah, I understand why you do it in the back. But you got listen. This is a thirty-year pro who should be able to command people's attention. True. I think they played it safe, but I think they could have hit a grand slam with the maybe not a grand slam. They could have hit a home run with this segment if it was live in front of the crowd. And the way to ensure that you don't get the chance is Ray shaking everybody's hand at ringside. You give him the time to shake everybody's hand, to look at each fan and say thank you. Make eye contact, because that's going to resonate with the whole crowd. That's how you emotionally bring them in. Oh, man, I wish I could have shook Ray's hand. That's how I would have done it. Uh, One other match I wanted to bring up from the King in the Ring tournament happened last night on SmackDown as well, and that's Kevin Owens and Elias. Elias getting the victory because of Shane McMahon. Now, a lot of people might get on me about this, but I actually liked the segments a lot with Shane McMahon last night. Now, I know people are tired of seeing Shane McMahon on TV, and we thought that we saw the end of the story at SummerSlam, and I agree. I thought we saw the end of the program at SummerSlam as well, but I liked what they did. Why? Because good job by Kevin Owens. Because Kevin Owens, after getting that fine from last week, $100,000, him saying, you know what? I don't make that type of money. You know, I have a family. That that could pay tuition for one of my children, and now i got to pay it to you to pay off a fine. And him not pleading. They didn't go overboard with it either. It was kind of like a man-to-man conversation. Him going to Shane and saying, listen, $100,000 is a lot of money for a man like me. I wish you can reconsider. And then Shane McMahon doing a great job of not showing his hand and saying, you know what? And not going too far over the top either. Still being upset about it, not shaking his hand, saying, "I hey, I'm not there yet, but you know what? I'll consider what you're saying because I'm a father too. I get where you're coming from. I like what they did emotionally at the beginning of that show, and I like, as a true heel does, stabbing him in the back at the end of the show. I like that segment with Shane McMahon last night. Is that why you put up the picture of you holding up a dollar bill? 
And I also thought that was just a funny picture to put up while Shane McMahon is on TV. And so, did you did you read some of those comments on social media after I posted that picture? I yes, mean, I did. I mean, hatred and venom. Again, isn't that what a heel supposed to do? Yes, I I, I totally agree. Last night, I don't know. I the the beginning I liked for some reason. The end I didn't, and I found myself feeling that I was getting a little too much of Shane. Now, this is just my own personal opinion. I'm not telling that you should feel that way. I respect your opinion that you loved it. However, everybody else felt. I just feel like it's a little too much of Shane, not because of any other reason that we've seen the blow-off already. Obviously, we're getting something more with them. I mean, Shane, Quick County, there's still an issue there, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if there's still an issue, the issue has to be resolved. How do we resolve the issue between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon? I mean, is it going to turn into, remember when Austin put on a suit and tried to, you know, you know, you know, try to be friends with Vince? Are we going to see Kevin in a suit trying to be friends with Shane? And then that doesn't work and he stuns Shane anyway? Like, I, I don't know the road they're going down, which is fine. It just felt like a little too much. Well, because, because I thought I saw the blow off. Yeah, because you don't know. There's no end in sight. Like, they, like, all right. and there doesn't have to be an end in sight, Dave. But I already thought I saw the end. Yeah, that's, I, that's my that's my point. I thought I saw the blow off. So now is the story now as enticing as the story before the blow off? Obviously, to you, the answer is yes. Because here's, and we saw some great things from Kevin Owens leading up to that match at SummerSlam. We loved his promos. We loved what he was talking Some people were calling his promo the pipe bomb. You know, there was a lot of emotional investment in Kevin Owens. I even got more emotionally invested in Kevin Owens after watching what I saw last night. Because as a father, I can relate. If I said something, you know, bad on the air and Sirius XM decided that they were going to find me, you know, due to my disease of lack of funds, I'm not going to be able to pay that. So for me, I can relate to that being stuck in a corner. Hey, it doesn't matter how much money you're making. When you have a family and somebody takes a chunk out of your bank account, you feel it because as a father, you're saying, Hey, you know what? I can use that towards tuition. I can use that as, you know, something for the house. I can use that as, you know, something for the kids, to, for school, for clothes or food. I mean, that's the way that a family man thinks. So I'm more invest, emotionally invested with Kevin Owens now after that segment than I ever have before. And based on your description and that one word, relatability, I can understand why you liked it. And I can understand why other fans would like it. I, I totally get it. You're making 100% sense. And... Coupling that with Elias, Elias is somebody, especially after the win last night. Could you see Elias possibly winning the King in a Ring tournament? Uh, perfect fit for a heel like Elias also, without a doubt. L like I said, it it's custom. Look at the past King of the Rings. As a matter of fact, has any pure babyface won the King of the Ring? Um, I, I, I want to say yes. 
but I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring up the list because you like you're saying it's not as memorable because it's always gonna be the heel that fits that role better. Who are than the a two most? I'm sorry. Who are the two most memorable King of the Rings? Booker as a heel. Booker and Har- to me Har- Booker and Harley Race. Exactly. Those are my two answers. Also, both both Stone Cold heels. Yeah, for sure. And you know, and, and look at the mileage they got out of it. Oh my God! With Booker, it, it revitalized his career. It was a character. Here, here are. Do I'm going to go through all the winners? Sure. Okay. First, Don Morocco, Harley Race, Randy Savage, Ted DiBiase, Tito Santana, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Mabel, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, Ken Shamrock, Billy Gunn, Kurt Angle, Edge, Brock Lesnar, Booker T. William Regal, Sheamus, Bad News Barrett. So there have been faces that have won that tournament, but it's the it's the heels that you remember. Totally agree. Yes, there were some quality baby faces in there. A couple of them, uh, I don't think winning mattered at all in their career. Um, Tito Santana. I don't. I I I honestly don't remember Tito Santana winning the King of the Ring tournament. And I wouldn't be surprised if Mabel won um, just so. Vince could get a good chuckle out of people carrying him to the ring. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Dave, if you give a dog a bone, what does the dog do with the bone? He plays with the bone, he chews up the bone, he uses the bone. When the dog is done with the bone, what does he do with it? He buries it. He buries it, and he leaves it alone. And then you give him a new bone, and he plays with that bone, and he chews it up, blah, blah, blah. And then when he's done, he goes and buries it. Do you know what happens if another dog would try to dig up that dog's bone and Uh, get to it? That would not be good. uh, That is a similar comparison to what Mark Henry is saying. Vince spent an entire lifetime creating his empire and in pro wrestling terms the wwe is the roman empire not roman reigns the roman empire as in rome italy but even the roman empire fell and vince mcmahon admittedly has made one mistake in the past he let his guard down and for 83 weeks vince got his ass handed to him to the point where the WWE almost disappeared. Do you think for one second, while that man is still breathing on this planet, that he will ever allow that to happen again? No. That's it. That's the bottom line. Vince will never, ever, especially at 72, 73 now, after what he's accomplished... Gonna let somebody. He's gonna let his his legacy be that somebody came and knocked him out while he's still alive. No, 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 no. I don't think people understand how competitive Vince is. Mark and I do. We've been around the man enough. We've heard enough stories about him. Just go back and look at his interview with Bob Costa confrontational and competitive. Vince doesn't want to lose 
anything at any time. Vince gets mad if he sneezes because he feels the sneeze won and he couldn't beat the sneeze. Some people call that psychosis. Yeah. (laughs) But that just goes you to show how competitive the guy is. He's not letting somebody else just come along. If if AEW is going to win, they are going to have to knock Vince McMahon the F out. They're going to have to do what Eric and Ted Turner could not do. Now, Ted Turner was able to do it for a little while. They didn't knock him out. But they didn't knock him out. He was against the ropes, but didn't knock him out. Vince McMahon was De Niro and Raging Bull. Never put me down, Ray. Never put me down. Well, I'm glad you at least saw Raging Bull. Um, let me ask you. Of course you. I did, because Pesci was looking at De Niro's wife, and I see the way you look at Velvet. First of all, he wasn't looking at De Oh, Niro's yeah, he wife. was looking. No, that, he was looking. Was the, he was not. He was breaking the three-second rule. That, he wasn't breaking any rule. That's his brother's wife. He wouldn't do something like that. Oh, so he thought the brother was looking at the wife. I guess that's another example of how Roman, Seth, and Becky can work. <laughs> and think about that. They didn't talk for years after that. Um, did Vince McMahon let his guard down? A lot going on. Obviously complacent. You know, like you always said, he conquered the world. There was no more worlds to conquer, like Alexander the Great. And then you have everything with the XFL. Did he let his guard down? Did they let this happen? Now, nothing's happened yet, but we have a new company on TV, a lot of buzz about it, with a lot of sellouts around it as well. Did Vince McMahon let his guard down? No, because he couldn't stop this from happening. He tried to. He offered Moxley a contract. Moxley didn't want it. He offered Jericho a deal. Jericho didn't want it. He offered Omega a deal. Omega didn't want it. He offered the Bucks a deal. The Bucks didn't want it. He did everything in his power to try to prevent. I don't think he let his guard down. He let his guard down years ago when he had won, and then all of a sudden Nitro creeped up and kicked him in the ass. That's when I think Vince let his guard down because he didn't think anybody... That was the one time in life, I believe, he let his guard down. Vince has failed at other endeavors. You know, like the WBF didn't work out, the XFL didn't work out for... That's not letting your guard down. That's giving it, having the guts to give it a shot, and maybe it didn't work out. But that would, those things weren't letting his guard down. WCW creeping up and beating him, that was letting his guard down. He's not going to let it happen again. There is no way, nothing he could do about this. Tony Khan steps in with a, a gazillion dollars, starts a company. That company gets in touch with TNT. I mean, what is Vince supposed to do? Call TNT and go, hey, uh, don't do business with AEW. Like, like, what is he supposed to do? Yeah. So I don't see him letting his guard down in any way. And one of the things that is extremely telling is the positioning of NXT immediately on USA and getting a jump start three weeks before, two weeks before uh, AEW debuts on TNT. Now, I mentioned this to Mark yesterday, and I want to get your take. Does this even happen if, like, after Dusty Rhodes passed away, instead of having Cody keep that ridiculous stargazer, starbreaker, what the hell is his name? Um, I don't know. Star- Stardust? Star- oh, Stardust. Stardust, yeah. yeah. 
star ridiculous stargazer star you know star breaker star child star, yeah. um because we all thought as fans that once dusty passed that they were going to give cody at least some kind of a run and i think he deserved it because actually there was a really good story with cody before they gave him that gimmick but they chose to stick that gimmick on him cody left bet on himself and now we are here we are what three years after the fact Makes you kind of wonder if they treated Cody a little bit different, would this have even have happened? Well, I can tell you this. I, I am not a believer in somebody getting a quote-unquote run just because their dad passed away. No, that's true. But Cody was better than that gimmick. Correct. Cody was frustrated. Cody felt like he was never being used for, to his potential. And Cody did the right thing. He left. He left professionally. Contract up, not signing. I'm out of here. Thank you very much. See you down the road. Then he went to Ring of Honor, and he started to create his own groundswell with a fan base, mm -hmm. with his new buddies in the Bucks. That's an interesting conversation. You want to talk about you want to talk about something that we could dissect and have some interesting conversation. What if Cody? Never meets the Bucks. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. If you really, this is like a documentary in the making. Like, love to just hear all the back conversations and all, you know, 20, if the AEW turns out to be successful, which I think it will be, it would be great 20 years from now hearing all the stories and everything that developed for this to happen. And, and, and really, honestly, happen. In a short amount of time, and oh, I got oh, and not and throw this in as well too, bully. Ring of Honor's involvement in this because you mentioned Ring of Honor with Cody and the Bucks, but the success of All In. You want to talk about somebody that could have blocked all this? Ring of Honor could have blocked all this a long time ago. That's who could have blocked it. If Ring of Honor comes to an agreement with Cody and the Bucks. Cody and the Bucks do not um, uh, become friendly with Tony Khan or, or hook up with Tony Khan, and this doesn't happen. Technically, and this is a long story that I'd have to break down from a lot of different points of view. Technically, what's going on with AEW could have gone on within Ring of Honor. How does that sound? Wow. Wow. And then also, too, you, you kind of... But but I'm only talking about with Cody and the Bucks. Kenny was doing Ring of Honor shows. True. Okay? I don't know if Jericho comes into play. I don't know if Moxie comes into play. But, so, to some extent, if Cody and the Bucks stick with Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor invests the correct amount of money that should be invested into Ring of Honor... Everything that's going on with, with AEW could have happened with Ring of Honor. It's interesting because, Bully, you talk about, like, you know, Dean Ambrose had no intentions of signing with the WWE. He was gone. He didn't want to be there. You know, Chris Jericho, you know, he wanted, you know, to, to see other avenues. Now, maybe they could have signed them if the money was right. I don't know. But obviously with John Moxley, it's a completely different story. Was there that chance 
Was there that opportunity where Ring of Honor could have wrapped up the Bucks and Cody Rhodes? Yes. Wow. Wow. I mean, wow. And I can tell you firsthand that I told Ring of Honor to go after Moxley. Oh, boy. There's your news for the day. I don't, whether or not they did, I don't know. Whether or not conversations that were happened, I don't know. But I said to them, why would you not put your pole in the water and try? Why would you not step up to the plate and take a swing? You have to make a play. Anytime somebody like that becomes available, you have to make a play. If you, what, what is the spark to this whole situation? The spark is all in. Yep. All in was the brainchild of who? Cody. And? The Bucks. The Bucks. All in, production-wise, and everything that happens outside of the ring was the responsibility of who? Ring of Honor. Who was on the marquee? Cody and the Bucks. Ring of Honor's name was nowhere to be found. The perception is Cody and the Bucks created this pay-per-view called All In that sold more tickets in 26 minutes than Ring of Honor ever did in the 17 years that were around. In an instant, perception-wise, who's bigger? Three punks who did their own show? And when I say punks, I mean it in a a complimentary way. Three punks who went and did their own thing? Or an entire company that's owned by a billionaire company that's been around for 17 years? It's the three guys. It's I mean, a perception is reality because those were the names on the marquee and those were the faces that you saw. So I'm not, but this conversation is not about pointing fingers of blame, but I'm telling you, if you look at the timeline of events, you ask me, could Vince McMahon have blocked AEW? No. Could Ring of Honor blocked AEW? No, they couldn't have blocked it, but they could have prevented it from happening if they could have reached a deal with Cody and the Bucks, and it, what if they'd ever helped to begin with when it came to All In? Listen, what you saw in the ring at All In was the brainchild of Cody and the Bucks, and I'm very proud to say that Battle Royal was the brainchild of myself and Joey Mercury. But production-wise, that's all Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor decided to let Cody and the Bucks have all of the spotlight on that show. Because who presented All In? The Elite, right? Yep. But in reality, it was a it was a co-promote. It was the Elite working in conjunction with Ring of Honor to bring you All In. But that's not the perception. So, good job by Cody and the Bucks. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.